It's also a game of consistency and patience, just like anything else. Again, it's not this magic bullet that's going to solve all of your problems. Somewhere between 14 and seven touch points is absolutely required before this lead does anything with you. If you don't have a dialed in process for making calls, you don't have time set aside to do lead generation every day. It's a waste of money. When people complain about Zillow, real estate agents and their entities created Zillow. Yes. So if you, here's what I know about most of you. You're not using a CRM. And you should be using a CRM because then you can evaluate the numbers. You're wasting money with paid leads, wasting it. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you can call them one time and if it doesn't work out, you move on. Trust me, this is not the game for you then. Are paid leads worth it? We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of paid lead sources. The first thing that I would say, though, before you even broach the subject of paid leads is you need to evaluate yourself as a real estate agent and ask, have you mastered scripting, handling objections, everything with all of the free lead sources that are available out there with for sale by owners, with people you meet at open houses? Have you mastered how to engage properly with your network? Before we even talk about paid leads, you need to make sure you're a great real estate agent because you should be able to make over six figures a year without touching a paid lead source. Absolutely. And if you are not, first of all, one of the things that you need to think about, are you in a really low market that's, you know, you've got a super low average sales price uh, and maybe that's affecting that your income. But the other thing would be is like, hey, are you actually doing this stuff? You should be able to generate somewhere between 25 and 40 transactions a year without ever touching a paid lead source. Yeah, scripting, objection handling, all these things come into play no matter the lead source, right? And as we've talked about before, a lot of these free lead sources have better conversion rates than even paid lead sources. That's right. Um, And you do not want to get in a situation where you're paying $60, $70, $80 a lead. Yes. Which we'll talk about sources that that's the case. And, you know, you burn it. Well, the other thing is that the skill set you need to be able to convert even paid lead sources, because they're not coming to you like, I'm ready to buy a house. Would you just show me a house? They're coming to you with, they still need some work done to develop that lead into an actual buyer or into a seller. So the skill set that you need is the same one that you're going to need to convert the free lead sources. So it's like, use the free ones to develop your skill set. Then once you've maxed out all of the transactions that you can do free, um, then we'll talk about paid lead sources because they're not some magic bullet that all of a sudden, if I just pay this amount of money a month, then I'm going to get all the business I've ever wanted. Yeah. People are always going to have objections. You're always going to need to have to handle them. You just need to be, uh, learn to be a great agent because that's what they want to see right. when they're, you know, when they come to you through, whether it's through Zillow or any of the other paid lead sources. Um, so absolutely. You got to get that practice in. So get some mastery in the scripting and the objections And before we even talk about any of this stuff, but as we talk about it, let's talk about how the lead sources work. And we group these into two different categories. Now, what I will tell you is there's, again, a spectrum of, uh, you know, lead price per lead, right? You can pay as little as five to $6 per lead, and you can pay up to $5,000 per lead if you want to, depending on the area. Some of the areas that we've looked at before for paid lead sources are that. I mean, you can spend, they'll be like, yeah, it's $10,000 a month and you're going to get two leads. Yeah. But they're, it's in a high targeted area, luxury area. Yeah. So, so when we break them down into two categories, quality and quantity, 
That doesn't necessarily mean the quantity lead sources are bad. No. It's just timing and intention, right? So most of the time, those people come to you um, less ready to buy. You're going to have to work them for longer. It's right. probably a 12-month cycle, things like that. Whereas, you know, your quality leads are probably within three months of buying, maybe six, but still a lot shorter cycles. Right. So again, you've got quality. So think about like Zillow, Realtor.com. Now, what are they doing? So Zillow has got a massive buyer and seller database. And what they do is they look for people who are raising their hand, uh, you know, not physically raising their hand, but are doing actions that they would deem as, hey, these are buyer and seller engagement type actions. So they're opening emails, they're, um, they may be calling uh, uh, to find out about a property. So those things, they're going to use those things and convert them into to an agent. Right. So they've got this massive database. They also have an ISA department. ISA basically means inside sales agent. Okay. So that's somebody who is working inside. They're not out in the field. They're just basically at a desk making phone calls. So they have an internal ISA department. They're looking for certain indicators in the database that would either warrant an outbound phone call or that warrant an inbound phone call. And then they're going to take those, work them, ask them questions, and then turn them over to a real estate agent. And so for those Quality leads, you are going to pay hundreds of dollars per lead because their conversion rate is that much higher. Yep. And um, and you will pay more depending on what area they are, what the average price point is. So they set it up by the number of leads that they think that they can generate for that certain area, and then they charge for them. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking massive database, right? So you've got the largest home search platform on the planet. Yep. Anytime someone searches for an address, the first result's probably going to be Google Maps, the second result is going to be Zillow. Um, and sometimes even the first result, Zillow. So it massive home search platform, tons of people. Anytime somebody talks about, I'm going to go look for a home, they think Zillow. Yeah. Like that's just top of mind. Or and, they'll go look on Zillow to see, because Zillow is really great about sharing the information. Like how many times this house has been viewed? How many times has it been saved? So people use that as an indicator for how their property is doing on the market or somebody else's. You know, what's funny about Zillow is they went to Realtor.com, they went to NAR, they went to the MLSs and said, like, we want access to what we feel like is consumer data. They all said, no, that's for realtors only. Yeah. Zillow just went out and created it themselves. Yeah. So when people complain about Zillow, real estate agents and their entities created Zillow. Yes. Because we weren't willing and able to share the information and so they just created the largest search engine platform in the world for homes. It's crazy. So um, those are going to be your quality leads, though. They're going to be expensive, but they're going to—they're more likely to convert into buyers and sellers. And you would become the preferred Zillow agent uh, for that particular zip code if you're to spend that amount of money. So the way Zillow works is um, if you're not on Flex. So we'll talk about Flex in a minute. But if you're not on Flex. You're paying, let's say a zip code around Nashville, you're paying $6,000 a month to get you about three active connections and then two follow-up leads, people who don't want to talk on the phone. So for basically five connections a month, you're paying six grand. Wow. So you fumble the ball on one of those calls mm -hmm. and they decide not to use you, that's lighting that money on fire. <laughs> It's not crazy. not to say that some of those if you know especially if you live in a zip code where the average purchase price is nine hundred thousand million dollars you know it can really make you money fast but if you're not good at converting if you don't have that scription objection handling things like that it's yeah. you're wasting money that's exactly right uh let's talk about the quantity leads so that's like uh wailopo boomtown bold leads market leader so they're going to be lower price and 
more lower price per lead. And typically what they're using is either their website or they're creating a website for you at an upfront cost that they are going to run ads for, get people's name, phone number, email address so that you can reach out to them. And they're going to turn over that name, phone number, and email address to you for you to call. Again, if you don't have a dialed in process for making calls, you don't have time set aside to do lead generation every day, it's a waste of money. Because the idea that these people are going to be coming in hot, ready to buy, it's like, I don't know, one out of one out of a thousand, right? That's like ready to like buy a house right now. Right. Yep. They're most of the time they're going to be like in the process and they're wanting to find out more information. Yeah. These lead sources are two, three, four, five, six bucks a lead. And um, it's a volume play, right? Yep. Like you're trying to get as many leads into your database so that you have some quality leads. Now, a lot of these leads are going to be junk. Mickey Mouse with five, 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 five right. is the phone number. And that you're just going to have to accept that that's the reality. You're going to yes. get, you know, five of those for one who's actively looking to buy or sell. One of the popular ways that this is done is a what's my home worth website. Mm -hmm. People go, they you fill out information about your home, you leave your name and phone number, and it spits out a you know generic, um, your house is worth about this. Would you want to talk to Brandon to find out more? That's a popular one, but there's other ways to do it too, whether it's Google ads or things like that. But um, these are, it's a volume play. So you can't look at it like, oh, I got five junk leads this month. It's not working. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at it like I've got 2,000 in my database. And if 2% of those transact, I'm making, you know, a profit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, a, a lot of the things we, we've talked about this with agents before, if they're making calls, they'll be like, they they told me that they, that they never gave you information. I'm like, they all say that, yeah. okay? The most experienced ISAs, inside salespeople on, on the planet will tell you, yeah, that's what we hear. That's the objection we hear is like, I didn't fill out any information. Well, yes, they did, right? They filled out information. It's like, yeah, how, magically... how did I get your name and phone number? Like they, they act like you, uh, uh, you know, we're working some sort of secret database. It's like, no, you put your stuff in there, even though you might not remember it. But, um, but you've got to kind of push through that objection and get around it uh, to develop that lead. So you have to just know there's not, you know, we, one of the things that we teach agents, like there's no such thing as a bad leads. They're a bad lead. They're just leads. Right? Yeah. And they're they're, they're going to behave a certain way. They're, I mean, and you have to realize there's some level of intention there if they've left their real name and phone mm -hmm. number. Now, it may be 12 months out, maybe 16, 18 months out, but there is some level of intention, some curiosity, some something drove them to that website to put their real name and real phone number and real email address in there. So you just have to work them. Right. Uh, and then evaluating, you know, again, if you're doing these the right way and you are actually making the calls and you're doing the proper follow-up and you're doing double dial, which by the way, that's one of the things that's a strategy is called a double dial where you call and then they don't answer. That's another thing agents are like, well, they didn't answer the phone. It's like, call them right back again, right? A double dial is proven to work. So you do a double mm -hmm. dial. Um, if you're doing everything right, you still need to give that lead source three to six months to determine if it's a good one or not. So it's it's also a game of consistency and patience, just like anything else. Again, it's not this magic bullet that's going to solve all of your problems. It is just more people to have conversations with about real estate. And then you can develop those conversations over time. So again, you need three to six months to evaluate the lead sources. So you need to be thinking there's going to be an upfront <clears throat> expense for this to pay off on the back end. A very large number of real estate agents will get the lead 
make one phone call, either not connect with them or, you know, they say they're not interested and then they, they dump the lead. But here's what we'll tell you. Somewhere between 14 and seven touch points is absolutely required before this lead does anything with you. Mm -hmm. So until this lead tells you to delete my phone number and never call me again, you're continuing to follow up. Now, how often you follow up or how many times, it depends on where with their timing and intention, right? So if you feel like they're 12 months out, you might not follow up as frequently as if you think they're three months out. But you have to follow up. You're wasting money with paid leads, wasting it. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you can call them one time and if it doesn't work out, you move on. That you, Trust me, this is not the game for you then. Yeah, and again, the time to decide whether you've done your paid leads or not, whether you engage in paid leads or not, is if you have maximized your phone calls every single day to free lead sources and you're like, okay, I'm just out of people to talk to and I am crushing it. Yeah. Right. And I just want to add to that. So just another just sort of touch point there. Get mastery in your uh, free lead sources. Get mastery in your scripting and objection handling before we even engage in this. Some people think we're totally against paid lead sources. The truth of the matter is we run teams where we pay for leads. Yeah. And but we also have a class and we teach how to really maximize free leads because we believe like you can build a very strong business on free leads. And when you're just starting out in real estate, you have to build it on free leads because you don't have the capital to pay for leads. Right. So we feel like you can build a very strong business on free leads and then move into paid leads. But we're not against paid leads. Not at all. Just to make that clear. Yeah, we're not at all against it. Okay, so. Now, when it's time to scale, this is the other thing, okay? You're probably going to need that ISA for your own team, right? Because you're going to be getting these leads and somebody needs to be working them down the funnel because a lot of these leads are going to be top of funnel leads and they need to be contacted regularly until they get into a buy cycle, okay, for the quantity leads. So you need that ISA department. Okay, so the question would be like, how much does an ISA cost? You probably want to start with something that's a little less expensive, like a conversion monster or, or uh, maybe an phone um, animals, phone animals, one. another one. And we're, we're not affiliated with any of these businesses, no, but um, you know, phone animal they go overseas to get their ISAs, and you know, we've tried the places like that out, and we've had some success. Um, conversion monster uses U.S. based people. Um, these are just two examples. Again, no affiliation with these businesses whatsoever, but. Um, Conversion Monster uses US-based people to do their reach outs, um, a little bit more expensive than Foam Animal typically, or at least the last time we checked into it. And then you move into, you're getting your own ISA for your own team. That's local. That's local. Right, because they can speak knowledgeably on the area. Because one of the problems is if you're looking for, looking on one of these, like, you know, you're outsourcing that ISA, um, they're not going to know the local area. They're not going to know about, you know, those connection points that you can have with people. Um, are going to be really, really valuable. So you're going to pay more for that local ISA, but your conversion rate's going to be better. But we realize there's always sort of this, a little bit of a, 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 a squeeze in terms of the amount of capital that you could contribute to that. So you're kind of always going back and forth between making money and investing a portion of that money. And it's never a perfect science, right? But you just need to do it when the time is right. When you've got some capital be like, okay, I need to invest in a local ISA. That local ISA is going to be about base level, $30,000 a year. Plus they're going to take home a percentage of the GCI. So uh, again, 
GCI's gross commission income to your business. So they're going to, let's say there's a $10,000 um, GCI on a property and they're probably going to take home somewhere around 5% of that. So they're going to make 500 bucks for generating and working that lead before turning it over. That's a proper incentive for that ISA to really work and get paid on converting those leads. Yeah, we've talked about this before when we talk about showing uh, assistance and whatnot, but the more people that you can get on payroll and pay with GC through a percentage of GCI, the better because everyone is aligned to the same goal. Everybody's showing the right number of properties to get a property closed or making the right number of phone calls to set the appointments to get the property closed. Everybody's aligned to the same goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the last piece of this is the tracking. What you need to be doing to properly uh, evaluate because you can't go by feel on any of this. You need to be looking at, you You just have to know your numbers. You need to evaluate them weekly, quarterly, uh, and annually so that you know what your profit margins are, right? You know what, hey, how much of this, uh, how much am I putting into this lead source and what am I bringing out of it? Those are things that you need to know uh, to properly evaluate your business. Because when you're doing paid leads, you've got a real business here and we need to be looking at ROI. I'm spending this much and I'm making this much because I spent this much. So yeah. I spend $1 and I make $5. You need yeah. to be thinking about that. Um, as a matter of fact, I would even dial it down to that. For every dollar I spend on this, I get three, four, or five dollars exactly. back. And you start with free leads. Like start with how much time are you spending in open houses? What is your, how much uh, revenue are you making from your open houses? Do you do this evaluation in all aspects of your business? We do it with the brokerage. Like yeah. at what tools and technologies are we providing? Who's using them? Are we getting value out of them? Are when we run our teams, the paid lead sources, like how much are we spending? How much are we closing? So yeah. these are all questions you ask for any business. I don't care what business it is, but you have to know the numbers. That's if you right. don't understand how to get them, then trust me when I say that you're gonna pay for leads. You're not going to have any idea whether it's making sense for you and you can waste a lot of money doing that. So here are the tracking metrics. These are the things that you need to use. Number one, um, how many calls are you making and how many appointments are set with those calls? Okay. How many, how many phone calls does that person make and how many appointments are set? Okay. Then the appointments that are set and the appointments that are met, because we know you got a 50, 50 reschedule, no show. Okay, so if you set 10 appointments, you're going to make five of them. You guys that have been doing any lead generation at all know this. It's like you're going to have no-shows and reschedules, 50% of them. So appointments set to appointments met, okay? The other one is appointments met to listing agreements or buyer agreements. That, That metric right there where you go, okay, how many of these are turning into committed relationships where they're signing paperwork that says, I'm, I want to work with you. And then uh, those agreements to closings. Okay, so how many of those agreements manifested in a closing or led to a closing? So again, let's go back over that. So it's number of calls to appointment set, appointments set to appointments met, appointments met to signed agreements, and then signed agreements to closings. You cannot just track calls and closings or appointments and closing. Every step matters, and here's why. If you're making calls and you're setting appointments, but you're not signing any agreements, then there's a breakdown there. Or if you're signing agreements and you're not getting to the closing table, there's a breakdown there. Or if you're making calls and you're not setting appointments, we need to work on your scripting. So 
every stage tells us something about where the breakdowns are. Yes. So e you have to track each step, not just the beginning and the end. So no, that's exactly right. So to kind of recap of that, it you you need to be that's this is why you use a CRM. Because a CRM does it for you. You know, I had a question from an agent yesterday and she said, um, well, how do I um I, we use follow-up boss. She's like, well, what about appointments? I need, I need to figure out how to how do my appointments get tracked? I said, if you're using Google Calendar and the name and email address of that person is in your um, follow-up boss, then follow-up boss will automatically link it. Yeah. And so a lot of these things are already set up, but frankly, you guys are probably, most of you, here's what I know about most of you, you're not using a CRM. And you should be using a CRM because then you can evaluate the numbers. Because if you're putting your appointments on your calendar and you're making the calls and you're logging in calls through your CRM and taking notes, all of that stuff is going to be done for you and you can evaluate your business objectively and stop being so dang emotional. Yeah. And and by the way, I've learned this lesson the hard way. I used to do this business by feel. Like I was like, oh, it feels like it's going good right now. And I still have some of that. But every month we go over numbers and we go, okay, what actually worked and what didn't work? And my mind is often changed. I could feel like something is not going well and I go, actually, it went great. Yeah. And I can feel like something's going great and go, oh no, it's not going great. We need to really dig in here or we need to fix this process. So you've got to have that stuff so that you can properly, objectively evaluate the state of your business at any given time. Yeah. And if you don't have a CRM, can't afford one for now, just write it down, put yeah. in Excel something. It needs to be tracked though, because finding out where you're putting dollars and dollars are coming out on the back end is important so that you can invest more into those activities. So yeah. you got to track it. it. And until you learn how to track it, what through the free lead sources, don't even broach paid leads. It's just not worth it for you. Trust yeah. me. If you need to, yeah, just use like a little, just make a little mark every time you make yep. a phone call, right? Anything that works just to just so you can run the numbers at the end of the week or month. Exactly. Okay, a little bit of a shorter episode, but we wanted to get right to the point on these paid lead sources and what works and what doesn't. Any any final words to recap? Yeah, just I, I think what I just said, which is that, you know, learn how to track this stuff before you start dumping money into it because it can quickly, you know, go, you can quickly start paying more money than you're making back out of these paid lead sources. And again, not because they're bad, but because you're not using them effectively. So you need to learn to do this on the free end before you move into the paid. My final word would just be continually perfecting your skills, right? You get really good before you start spending money, okay? Get really good before you start spending money. And then those things are going to work for you really, really well. So get the skill first, then start spending money. All right, guys. Hey, as always, thank you guys for, much for joining us. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you give us a follow, give us a comment. Tell us what you think about this. We appreciate you guys joining us each week and we will see you next week. Thanks guys.